0: Hello and welcome to Emerge Evolve Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24 and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem and I'll be your host. Today, I'm doing a solo episode about this topic. That is why I'm doing what I'm doing and even running a business in the first place, because I believe that we need better leaders in the world. And I also believe that people in recovery have already developed some of the best leadership skills in life. Now, I believe this because I've been training leadership skills to supervisors, managers, and directors in many different types of companies for years now, and it doesn't come easily to some personality types. It also doesn't come easy to people who have not experienced deep pain in their life. It's hard for some people to have empathetic listening, for example. Some leaders are just taught to manage tasks and get things done for the company, but leadership is all about people and how to connect with them and inspire them so they'll want to complete those tasks, not just because they're getting paid for it, but because you ask them to do it. So I'm gonna help you understand what I mean by that. But first, let's take a step back and define what recovery is, because today I'm going to talk about the top-notch leadership skills that you learn in recovery. Recovery is kind of a loaded word, right? So I'm talking about recovery from addiction. And if you quit drinking, but still regularly escape using drugs or gambling or something like that, in my opinion, you're not yet recovering from addiction. You just switched addictions. And you may say, yeah, but I could give the, that up anytime I want to. Like, I'm not addicted to that. Maybe it's not your drug of choice, then I would ask, why do you do it? Well, I'll tell you why. Because life is hard, man. It's hard mainly because we have to feel pain. No one likes to feel emotional pain. It hurts. It feels like suffering. Like pain is hard. And you may not have learned how to deal with your pain, emotions, or trauma when you were growing up. So we learn to survive, to stuff it, and use substances and things to do that, to do the stuffing. There's many ways that we cope or escape our reality. So here are a few. We got drugs like opiates and narcotics, certainly alcohol, sugar or overeating, shopping and buying new things, working hard, engaging in sex or pornography, gaming, sleeping, binging and purging, over-exercising, Isolating and living in a fantasy world. Now, I'm not saying that people who are in recovery have to give up every single thing. Like some of these things are fun for us. <laughs> you know, we do use some things like I'm still getting over my sugar addiction and I've been clean and sober for 36 years. But the main reason that we numb out is to not wanna feel. And when you get sober and you give up that big thing that you were addicted to, you really do have to learn to feel that pain and learn to feel your feelings and deal with your emotions. And the reason we engage in those, all those activities, which can become addictive, is because we just don't wanna feel that pain. So if you're a human being, you have pain. Oh, and let's not forget fear, right? We all have fears too. We are born with fear of not being loved, liked, or accepted, and fear of not being enough. So you could even put something in, you know, fill in the blank between being enough. So I am not uh, pretty enough, smart enough, skinny enough, or uh, anything. I'm not competent enough. I'm not um, old enough, young enough, rich enough, poor enough. So that whole enough, not feeling of not enoughness will show up forever because we're human and because we all have an ego, right? Um, some of us have privilege for sure, depending on what you, were, what you were born with and how you were raised. You may or may not have the role model skills or understanding of how to feel your feelings and not escape the reality of your situation. But situations change, don't they? In fact, many situations have changed and can change in an instant, like a pandemic hits and you lose your job, or a loved one dies. It can flip your whole world upside down, or an accident, or maybe even something positive like you win the lottery. It could happen, but not if you don't buy a ticket. (laughs) But you've seen things change overnight in your own life and the lives of those you know and love. No one gets free from their addiction by just walking away one day because they can take it or leave it. The very nature of addiction is the problem that we cannot just walk away. We feel compelled to continue our destructive habit until it wrecks our life. It's usually only after we either come close to death, pursuing our addiction, or being so miserable and in pain because of the destruction we've created, our people, our jobs we lost, It's because of our addiction that helps us to decide to finally, finally be willing to feel our feelings instead of using. Then we surrender. When we can't stand it one more day, we admit we are powerless. Or when we are so close to death, we are on the precipice, we decide I'm done. When that addiction causes so much pain, it's killing us. We finally let go. And then we cry. We begin to unleash the damned up emotions we have been stuffing for so long. Well, at least that's how it was for me. I woke up and became aware of my sadness of where I've been betrayed and of how I betrayed myself. And this is where we begin to do the deep introspective work of recovery, and then we begin to heal. And we expand and we grow, and this is when we begin to reap the benefits of sobriety. I use sobriety in the broad context of whatever it is you're giving up. If you are in a 12-step program, or working with like an accountability group or a therapist, then normally in that first few months for sure, you begin to really look at who are you? And, you know, what have you done? Let's like sort of clean up the wreckage of our past. And then you begin to look to the future and you keep moving forward. And sometimes you take a step back, but you continue to recover. If there's a few relapses, it's a lot of people's story, then it just means that you haven't maybe hit your bottom yet. But then when you finally do, when you finally get to a certain point where you say, I'm not doing that shit anymore, like it is not helping, we can and we do gain the tools that will help us to stay sober. When we finally hit a certain point of happiness, well-being, gratitude and wisdom, then we begin to help others and we grow some more. I've been sober 36 years and I can say the growing never stops unless I become complacent and I've stalled out a few times in my life, but not for long. Resting on my laurels never made me feel good and I like to feel good. So I kept on exploring and overcoming my fears and sometimes overcoming those challenges, even though it's painful, is so very rewarding. But each of us has our story, and I'm going to guess that if you're at a point in your recovery that you are interested in leadership, then most likely you've reached out for help on the incredible journey of healing. And I've never seen anyone recover who could do it on their own, who was a you know an actual alcoholic or really had that deep addiction. I have seen some who have sworn off the drink, but never recovered enough to really dig deep work on themselves and grow into someone who wanted to help others. So I'm gonna ask you a few questions, a bit of a personal inventory, if you will. I want you to count the number of statements that you agree with. I'm gonna give you 10 statements. If you've agreed to more than half of these statements, then you'll relate to the rest of what I have to say about the skills you've already developed that can work for you if you'd like to use those skills to be a leader in your field or wherever you wanna be a leader. Number one, I'm in this for the long haul. I don't plan on using, now insert your drug of choice here, in my lifetime. I'm done escaping with that shit, okay? Number two, I've worked through the steps gone through intensive therapy or joined a support group to get help dealing with my addiction. Number three, I've learned, or I'm learning, to love myself and take good care of myself, my mind, my body, my emotions, and I do things that feed my soul. Number four, I'm committed to continue to work on myself using self-reflection so I don't slip back into using or abusing again. Number five, I've learned how to deal with life on life's terms, including feeling my feelings and have not simply transferred to another addiction. Number six, I've experienced a profound transformation in my life since I quit. Number seven, I've used what I've learned to help and support others who are struggling with addiction. Number eight, I have a solid network of friends who support me in my addiction-free lifestyle that I can call on at any time. Number nine, I have friends and family that call and depend on me in times of emotional stress because they know that I can and will help them deal with it. Number 10, although my life isn't perfect, I'm happy and feel free from my addiction most days. Okay, so if you answered yes to these questions, then I believe you have already learned the most powerful leadership skills that anyone could have. Okay, so now I'm gonna roll through some of these leadership skills See if you can find them hidden in these statements. I'm gonna start off each statement with, most of the time, with people in recovery. (laughs) And people in recovery make excellent leaders because people in recovery have empathy. You've been through the trenches of pain and remorse and yet learned how to live with all of the problems that life throws at you because you are awake and aware, not numbed out in your old addictive habits. People in recovery have love and compassion because it's a byproduct of pain and suffering. When you allow yourself to feel all of your emotions, it's easy to feel love and compassion when seeing others go through a painful experience. People in recovery are good listeners. If you are in a program of recovery, you most likely have heard many stories from other people who have gone through hell and end up better for it on the other side. We grow stronger because of our challenges. Seeing someone else recover is inspirational. Listening is sometimes all that's needed for the other person. We are good listeners and we are witnesses to their growth. People in recovery recognize the value of diversity. There are so many different types of people Yet regardless of their background, where they came from, what age, gender, sexual orientation, color, job, or family you have, you recognize that we all feel the same pain and experience similar joys. The fun part is people share their different perspectives, which gives spice to all of our conversations. Diversity indeed is the spice of life. People in recovery have honesty and integrity. Now this ends up being on the top of the list of values in most recovering people, because by doing their inner work, we've also learned that we have a second chance at life. We wanna live up to our potential and be the best we can be. We are proof that people can and do change. People in recovery, have patience and tolerance. In fact, the amount that you have patience and tolerance of others varies among leaders in recovery. However, it always increases in direct proportion to the amount of patience and tolerance you have with yourself. The better you get at that, the better you get with everybody else. People in recovery are encouraging and supportive. In every meeting I've been to or support group I've participated in, I always see people who are supportive and encourage others to keep on going. Even if their ass is on fire, you tell them to keep on going and you provide a quick puddle for them to sit in (laughs) and you let them lean on you. Most people in recovery who have passed through the selfish phase and gone on to helping others will be understanding yet will remain fair and speak their truth. Like, you can't really pull the wool over our eyes. We have pretty good BS detectors, right? And that makes for a good leadership skill. We can see and sense deception, and we can also sense sincerity and good-hearted effort. We are intuitive and we trust ourselves. People in recovery have created a better life through self-discipline and boundary setting with self and others. This gets even more so the longer you've stayed sober. This is an excellent leadership skill because it's being responsible to do, to do what you say you're going to do and you know, hold yourself accountable, right? We hold ourselves accountable. When we make mistakes, we also know how to make amends. People in recovery know how to build trust with others because they have self-esteem. This means you take the time to suit up and show up, show respect, ask for what you need, tell others how you feel and you're consistent with that, and then people can count on you. Trust is actually my number one leadership skill. I believe it is the most important indicator but you gotta do it with yourself first and then you can do it with others. People in recovery make good leaders because they understand how to be self-reflective. This allows you to continue to grow and expand in your personal and professional development. I believe that personal growth is the impetus for professional growth and self-reflection is so, so key to that. And because you've had a transformation, I suspect you also spend time helping and developing others to grow and have self-awareness. We all feel like we want to share the transformation we've had with others because it feels so good. I know that I love watching people come into the meetings who are so lost. And then over time, they come out of their shell and just totally blossom. I just love watching people grow, which is a big reason why I do what I do. I just love it. So now I want you to think about the best boss you've ever had. So I'm sure you'd say that they have many of the following qualities that I just discussed. And you, recovering person, if you've done your inner work, you have these qualities too. I'm sure of it. And here they are. And I put them in alphabetical order. I'm just going to read them off to you. So why don't you go ahead and you know count on your hands, on your fingers, or with a pen, make a tick mark if you think that you have this skill. Okay, here they are. Build trust, have credibility, are dependable, like to develop others as either a coach, a sponsor, or a trainer, or a leader. Emotional intelligence, meaning you can read the room. Empathy listening with empathy and also just feeling empathetic, encouraging and supportive, fair-minded, listening well, good listeners, honesty and integrity. How about humility? Yeah. Intuitive, intuition, Um, love and compassion. So leaders may not say those words, but you know that they care. That usually falls on the best boss. They, I knew that they cared about me. And they have patience and tolerance. They recognize the value of diversity. They're reliable, respectful, self-aware, self-disciplined. They have self-esteem. They're self-reflective. And they set boundaries. And they also are understanding. So there you have it. This is why people who do the deep work in recovery feel their feelings grow and help others to grow and develop into valuable members of society. And the fact that you have so many leadership skills may not have been obvious to you, but it is for me. I work with people like you and I love this work. This world needs more leaders like you have, that have the skills that you have. We need people like you in our families and our social groups, our community groups and our businesses. So would you like to work on your leadership skills? Go to my website at www.emergeleadershipacademy.com resources and download the free inventory that I've created for you. Use the list of top qualities in the inventory to assess yourself and choose one or two that you would like to work on. The worksheet will explain more. If you want to learn more about how you can step more fully into your personal power and become a better leader and make a bigger impact in our world, then set up a discovery call with me at me. For a free consultation to discuss how to make the next big step in your career. I'm gonna spell that out. M-A-U-R-E-E-N-R-G, like in Ross Gem. So it's Maureen R-G dot you can book. That's Y-O-U-C-A-N-B-O-O-K dot me, M-E for a free consultation. Okay? We need more role models like you, so keep shining your light, but you cannot help others until you heal yourself. You must first focus on inner leadership and create that solid foundation based on strength, courage, compassion, and be honest with yourself and others in order to be a role model for others, but I can show you how. Other people have gone through my programs, have made some awesome transformations, and you can too. Some have long-term sobriety, and some less than a year. Some of my clients are not even alcoholics or you know, in recovery per se, but everyone is recovering from some pain or trauma in their life. Healing that is key to stepping up into the greatest version of who you can be. And then the benefits will rain down upon you and you can create an incredible, abundant and happy life doing what you love while dealing with life with ease and grace. Thanks for listening. Remember, the world needs more of the leadership skills that you learned in recovery. So stop flying under the radar and step up because your contribution matters. See you next week. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. You can visit us at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com to take the quiz to find out what animal best represents your leadership style. And until next week, remember, you have so many leadership skills that you learn in recovery. Stop hiding because your contribution matters.